Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, episode 27 with Keishi and Yuri. Hey, Yuri. How are you today? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm pretty good. It's getting quite cold here in Tokyo. Yeah, so so it's it's not as comfortable as it used to be a week ago when yeah. it was it was like 24 degrees at the end of November. At one point, yeah, it was. And now it's like, what, 12 now? Celsius? Probably 10, 12. Yeah. Anyone listening from across the seas over in America, we're, we're speaking in Celsius. I used to be a Fahrenheit person, but being here for so long, kind of <laughs> Celsius got built into my brain. So I, now I don't know what Fahrenheit means anymore. Yeah. I, I grew up in Europe, so I, I don't know inches. I don't know yards, feet. Um, Fahrenheit, I definitely don't know. At this, I, I, don't, I mean, I use Fahrenheit. I just don't remember what it is now. Because like, I know, for <laughs> example, I know that 17 and 18 degrees, it's still, it's like Celsius. It's like sweater... Plus t-shirt weather. Yeah. Uh, I could tell maybe by 22 or 21, it's like t-shirt weather, at least for me, because I'm <laughs> of a Soviet background. So we're <laughs> Slavic background. We're built for the cold. But like, you know, but if someone tells me it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit outside, I'm like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know, so I kind of lost that familiarity to Fahrenheit. Yeah. So I suppose you have something hot to drink for this cold day. Yeah, actually, I have something cold to drink today, even though that might have been a mistake. But um. Yeah, I have Kidding Mets um, Extra Stimulating Cola, whatever that means. Extra stimulating. And it's zero calories, and it seems to be, actually seems to be helping with burning fat, if, I, if I'm if i reading this correct. Not 100% sure. Do you need to burn fat? Probably, yeah, but I don't mind it too much. <laughs> uh, I have, a, what do I have? I have as the usual coffee. I have the apple juice that I already drank before this started, so... Now it's empty, and I have berry tea. Is what I have. It's called berry dake detsukutta berry tea. So what does that mean? It means a uh, berry tea that's made only from berries. I guess they're right. trying to say 100% berry berry tea. All right, a bunch of dried berries in a bag. Yeah. How is it? Uh, it looks looks pretty good on the picture. It's like raspberries and what are those um the darker ones? What is it called? I don't know what the dark ones are called. Black current? Yeah, I think like in Russian it's called chernika, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, in, uh, in Slog it's called chernika. Okay. So I guess it's... It's quite good. I mean, I, I, and then again, I'm, I'm drinking three drinks at once. So I don't know if I'm getting a proper taste. For it. <laughs> I'm sure sommeliers or whatever they're called would not be happy. Well, that's why this is not the sommelier and stuff podcast. <laughs> this is the side hustles and stuff podcast. And today, our episode 27, 27 is... Keishi, do you know? The number of letters in the alphabet plus one, if I remember last week's uh, fun facts correctly. 27 is what you get when you multiply nine times three. So it's not a prime number. Exactly. And the official <laughs> the official tennis court has a width of 27 feet. Good, good to know. And uh, yeah. And the planet Uranus has 27 moons. So 27 aside, today we are talking about a brand new topic, Keishi. What are we talking about? So today we're going to talk about um, some of the rules that we follow as we do our side hustles, as we do our hustles. And I, I think some of them apply to life in general, but um, it, mostly we'll keep it around side hustles and, and business. Yeah. Basically, these are little rules or habits that we try and stick with when it comes to either operating a side hustle or just putting out work. Uh, maybe you'll find some of these useful. Maybe you already do these yourself. Maybe you do these yourself and you're not aware of them. I'm pretty sure there are. I have some other ones that I'm not aware of that I didn't list down. But today we're going to go back and forth and uh, just list out some of the rules that we use to make sure we stick to our side hustle and we get work done. Exactly. So what's your first one? All right. So my first one was the last one that I put on the list, even though it should have been the first one to come to my mind, I guess. And that just um, work to live, not live to work. So I, I guess simply said, um, I, I think a lot of people, when they build their business, it essentially kind of becomes the center of their life and and that's what dictates the rest of their life in many ways. And, and with um with with regular nine to fives, I think that's pretty much the 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 default status is is you you go to work Monday through Friday from whatever eight a.m. nine a.m. to five p.m. six p.m. seven p.m. eight p.m. and then you kind of do whatever else you enjoy doing. You you do it around that. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think one of the I, I guess one of the biggest reasons why I'm why I'm doing this and why I'm why I'm um building websites and things like that is that they allow me to to work around the stuff that I want to do rather than having to do the stuff that I want to do around the work itself. So like, let's say um, I like to take photos of aircraft so I can go to the airport, whatever, Monday afternoon, mm -hmm. rather than having to wait until Monday 9 p.m., right? Yeah. I, I think there's like, to, to me personally, there's number one rule. And I, I think it's probably the biggest key to 
just happiness in life in general kind of get to that situation. And it's, I, I think it's also one of the main reasons why, <clears throat> why you would want to start your own business or do something on your own rather than work a regular job. So in, in, in other words, you're kind of like combining your main passions in life and making sure that you can try and build a living around it so that you can enjoy what you do. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not saying that you should work four hours a week or you should work 80 hours a week or you should work 60 hours a week because I think that really depends on the type of business you're in and, and, and um, I guess your goals and everything. Mm -hmm. But I guess all I'm saying is even if, if there's one hour every week that, that you want to do something at a specific time, then you should just be able to do that rather than have to be at work and, and have to skip that, that one thing that you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's a good one. Um, and it's also, but it's also a hard one to attain, you know. I think it, it it's hard, but I think especially with uh, with stuff like websites and and stuff that's kind of asynchronous. So like, if you're, I guess, if you're a freelance copywriter, for example, or or if you build websites and and things like that, where the work that you do now doesn't show its results until I don't know a week from now. Mm -hmm. I think I think it's achievable, and um, if you if you do a lot of client work, it gets a bit more difficult, but I think it's still manageable. And then also, I guess, if you have your own team and you, you hire people to do things for you, then sometimes they need your attention just so that they can get on with their work. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I think nowadays you can do that from smartphone. You can do that wherever you are. So, so I think um, it's not as much of an obstacle as, um, as there might have been in the past. Yeah. All right. That's a good rule. Next, all right. So first on the list for me is uh, always have a specific goal. And I guess in the case of my blogs, it would be, you know, when I usually say I'm going to put out four or five articles this next month. Yeah. And the reason why for the reason why you always want to have specificity attached to any of your goals is I think it's much easier when you know exactly what you want. It's much easier to attain it. Like, you know, if, let's say you say, like, I want to save 50 bucks or I want to save money. I think realistically speaking, you have much you have a much better chance of saving 50 bucks than just general saving money because the more you the more you get specific about it the more it's like crystal clear in your head and you can see the steps leading up to how you're going to reach it whereas it's yeah. something else that's vague it's like i want to have a i want to have a side hustle this year is not exactly going to help you with the goal it's just a i don't know it's, it's very vague and cloudy it's very hard to take yeah. action on so with all my stuff i always want to have like a very specific goal like i want to have x amount of articles that i post or i want to you know i don't know it just makes it easier yeah, it's good. Do you know the SMART goals framework? I know of it, yeah. Um, there's like SMART is like specific, measurable, something timely. Is that Yeah, spe spe specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And, and it sounds pretty much like what you were describing yeah. is, is this framework. Yeah. I mean, yeah, essentially that, that's exactly what I'm doing because I also try to add deadlines to it too. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I, I think goals are something that I'm not too good at, especially when it comes to like specific goals like, Oh, let's do this by by this date or something. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm more. I, I kind of more prefer to set a. I guess longer term. I'm not sure if strategy is the right word or or kind of um, targets or whatever whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So like I'd say, I don't know for for the next six months, I want to publish ten articles a week on this side and two articles a week on this side, and mm -hmm. then just kind of re rinse and repeat that over and over again. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of goals at the end of the day, too. Yeah. So. I mean, it's still in line with it because you're still adding a time frame and you still have a specific number in mind. It's only when you don't have a specific number in mind. That's why, that's when I think you're in trouble. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right because, yeah, ha having some sort of actual number will um, will definitely help you get closer. Yeah. Even, especially when it's like... Um, go ahead. Again, yeah, and especially when it's like input-based because I think you can set a goal of, let, let's say, oh, I want to make $1,000 within the next two weeks. Hmm. But then you're still left with okay. So what do I do now? Yeah. Whereas I kind of prefer the goals where it's like I want to publish five articles, and of course I want them to make as much as possible. But um, but but I can never know for sure how much they will make. But but all I know is that if I publish these five articles, there is a chance that I will make whatever amount of money, or that I will get whatever result. Right. Yeah. I mean, the result you can't control, but it's your output that you, or the work that you put out that you can't control. Yeah, exactly. And the work that you put out, like some of it may earn may earn you something, some of it may not. But that's the one thing you have control over. And I think, yeah, with the more work you do there, the better it is. What's your next role? All right, so um, I'm still not used to the new touchpad on my um, new computer. Wait, there's a oh oh. Why don't you use the mouse? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, again. Wait, what happened? All right, again. 
Okay, so, so here's my second rule. Um, listen, but don't listen. And um, just to explain what I mean by this is, um, I, I guess when you, when you talk to people about doing business or doing side hustles or building websites or starting a company, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. like you will be talking with a lot of people that, that might have some insights, but that don't necessarily have any, I guess, stake in the outcome, right? So like you talk to your friend about your business and he might have some good ideas, but at the same time, whether or not those ideas bring any results, like doesn't make any difference for him at the end of the day, right? Because he has no, he has no buy and he has no stake. And, um, and I think the less stake people have in something, the more advice they usually have, the more comments they usually have, the, the more like, oh, you should do this, oh, you should do that mm-hmm. sort, sort of um, advice they will have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you should listen to all of that as, as long as it's like half sane, as long as it sort of makes sense. Like, if it's completely out of the, out of the, the realm of um, reality, then ignore it. But if, if it makes at least somewhat sense, then, um, then I think you should listen to all of that. But you also shouldn't listen to it in terms of actually taking the advice and implementing it. You, sh- you should always make that decision on your own because hmm. one, what works for somebody doesn't necessarily have to work for you, right? So somebody will go and tell you, oh, on my website, I added this pop-up and it increased my revenues 50%, so you should add that pop-up too. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely worth thinking about it. It might even be worth testing it, but um, but you shouldn't just take it for granted. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't just take it as at, at its face value. And And I think... There, there's also some sort of scale. Like if there's somebody that's just talking and that hasn't done that thing before, then probably just kind of give it a thought, but don't think about it too deep. If it's somebody that, that has a lot of experience with what you're doing, then by all mean, means um, listen to it and consider it a lot and, and give it some thought. But no matter who tells you what, I, I think you should just never take it completely at face value. And you should never just kind of automatically take something and just implement it without giving it some of your own thinking. Hmm. I well, I have something similar in terms of rules. So I'm going to mention it now. Uh, it's take advice and implement it occasionally. And what I mean by that is it's easy to like run around and um, do what you think is best for you. And you know, yeah. chances are, you know what you know your own side hustle much better than anyone else. But I also see like the openness and flexibility as kind of being a muscle. So I, I try to once in a while take advice and actually implement the whole thing just to be like, all right, let me get, get this done. I don't know if it's going to work. Because the thing is, like, for the most part, you you don't know. I mean, you can have a good idea of how it will work. Um, but I think it's just it's uh, one, it gives you something else to do. And two, like, you know, it, it helps you practice that openness, flexibility muscle. So I once in a while, I'll take advice and I'll implement it. Not all the time, because I know, like, again, you are the best uh, judge of what, hopefully. I'm actually, no one's the best judge, but you know your business much better than anyone else does. Yeah, yeah. so, so I, I'm by no, again, I'm by no means um, saying you shouldn't lend somebody else's advice. I guess I'm more just trying to say, be, be very critical of it. Mm-hmm. And um, just because somebody says something, don't automatically assume it's true or that it will work for you. And yeah. I, I mean, that, that just, I guess, good general life advice not in politics and at work. Pretty much everything. Think for yourself, but listen to others. Yeah, or listen and verify. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think that that was someone's quote: "Trust but verify." That was a Russian proverb, apparently. Anyway, all right. My next. <laughs> I have a funny story about that. I'll go ahead. When I was like, I guess like twelve or something, or maybe thirteen, twelve. I I don't know. I used to go to internet cafes to play like Counter Strike and like games that were popular back then. Mm-hmm. And I spilled Coke on the keyboard <laughs> and the internet cafe guy comes and he's like, oh, did you spill the drink on the keyboard as well or just the table? So I'm like, oh, just the table. And then he picks up the keyboard, he flips it around and like a lot of Coke starts pouring down out of the keyboard. Yeah. And he's like, trust but verify. <laughs> uh, was this in Japan? No, no, it was back in Slovakia. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, verifying kind of helps. <laughs> I, I don't know, like... Uh, I don't know where this came from, like, because I don't know the proverb. I was just like, I just heard it somewhere. So I like kind of seemed to make sense. So I blurted it out. Yeah. Maybe, blurted it out now. Maybe it's Eastern European since the Slovak guy. Yeah, is there's a me. Psychology Today article because I Googled it. The problem with a trust by verify approach. Applying the trust by verify style can uh, be trust diminishing mistake leaders commonly make, while trust by verify at times can be an essential approach. It's often detrimental. Effective trust building and leadership practice require knowing when and why to use it. 
Here's a simple answer. When the outcome is essential and, ma and matters more than the relationship, use trust by verify. When the relationship matters more than any single outcome, don't use. Uh, maybe it's inapplicable to what I said. So let's edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So what's your next um What's your next big rule? Uh, my next rule is like, well, I guess it's similar to goals. Um, but sometimes you may not set a goal. But when you don't have a when you don't have a goal, when I don't have a goal, this thought will pop up in my head. It's like always have something in the pipeline. And I, I talked about this, I think, in a previous podcast where I would compare it to always be running, meaning always be working on something. Meaning, for example, if you are um, if you're if you're already working on something, you already it's like it's been rolling, right? It's like yeah. compared to a snowball again. If you're rolling a snowball down a hill, with every roll, with every time, with all the time that you put in, the more time you put in, the bigger it's going to get. So obviously, the best position you could be in is is um, you've already been doing this for a while. You've already started for a while, rather than starting right now or tomorrow. Yeah. Meaning, like for example, and if you take it to the gym, let's say. Um, and that's why it's so hard to skip the gym because you know that with every day that you put into the gym, that means uh, your muscles get a little bit bigger. And if you miss one day, you're missing that result. You're missing the progress of that day and you're missing all the progress that will be built as a result of that day and the future days that will build upon it. And also same, same thing like, you know, trains. If you think about the train, let's say the train leaves at 9 a.m. and you have to leave the house at 8.50. If you leave the house at 8.51, you're going to miss it. So like things are always in motion. Because the train is the train is always going to be in motion. If you if you need that specific train, you should have been out the door a while before, not now, and not like one minute later. So this is just a rule I have. Um, if I don't set a goal from like lounging around, then it kind of pops up in my head. Like always be working on something. Yeah, I think it's good because I think it it just comes down to to having some sort of momentum or or losing it. I feel like when I'm publishing articles and I publish one every day for ten days straight, I feel like it's much easier to keep up the momentum and keep publishing an article a day for the next 10 days than it is to, to get from zero to the first 10 days, right? Yeah. It, it's kind of like building a habit. In yeah. So what about your, your next rule? Yeah. So um, I guess my next one, let's go with this one, which is um, follow those that are a step ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And um, essentially, as, as I mentioned a lot of times on this podcast and, and we talked about a lot is um, I really enjoy reading books by like really successful entrepreneurs and, and business people like um, Warren Buffett, Richard Branson has been our mm -hmm. favorite on this podcast. Um, but at, at the same time, I feel like the most actionable advice that I get, it usually comes from those that are just a step or a few steps ahead of me. Mm -hmm. So in that case, this would be like when it comes to my um, content side, when it comes to my blogs, it's like people that write about their experiences building blogs and that are maybe like double or triple the size in revenue compared to what I am right now. It's like, I, I just feel those are the most motivating to me and also the most informational, informative. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, they're, they're um, like, they kind of keep my expectations real, but also give me something to aim for, something specific. Whereas like, like if I read somebody's report and it says, oh, I'm making $10,000 with, with three different sites, like it's much more realistic and much more kind of relatable than reading about, I don't know, um, Jeff Bezos buying the Washington Post or, like something on a completely different scale, right? Yeah. It's like finding out that Steve Jobs started Apple in his 20s and you're like in your 20s and like, I don't have an Apple. <laughs> you don't even have an Apple juice anymore. <laughs> yeah, I drank it all before the episode even started. But yes, yeah, so you don't want to compare yourself to that because uh, first of all, it's uh, wholly unrealistic and uncomparable from the start. So it's better. Yeah, the, the, I, I agree with you. It's better to aim or not aim, but like um, it's better to follow someone that's like a step above you. Then at least you can see you can visualize the path from where you are to where they are, where they are and how to implement their stuff. Yeah, and I think it's balanced because eventually if, if somebody's a step ahead of you, I think you always want to overtake that person or at least oh, yeah, you're kind true. of competitive. So, so we need something that's, that's further out there and even something that's like completely out there. Just one for inspiration, but also for... There's a lot of things you can learn from. Of course, you can learn from reading about Buffett or Branson or whoever, hmm. right? But at the same time, you don't want to be all like, Oh, I'm gonna build the next Apple when you don't even have like like a, a blog with a single article or something, right? Yeah. Or you know, if you, you can have the desire to start a space company, but if you don't have millions and millions and millions of dollars on hand and access to rocket scientists, and you're like me, you're running a blog, you know, that's a, a bit of a stretch. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying there's there's no way to do that, but hmm. like you have to be realistic. Yeah, exactly. It, it's all a game of odds. And 
if you want to go for the one to one billion, then then go for it. But I think there's a lot of money to be made in the one out of ten makes it, and and you can live a nice life and have a lot of fun. Maybe you won't travel I, I, to I, Mars, but yeah, I have a thought on this though. Like th- maybe this is just a theory, but I think like it's better to go step by step. Maybe I'm wrong here. And I'm willing to be wrong. Maybe, but it's better. Maybe it's better to go step by step by step. For example, because the, the the higher you get, the more realistic other things become. But if you're like a you know a side hustler and you have big dreams of whatever, like me, for example, it is my fantasy to have like a to shoot rockets into space and have a space company. But again, like it's a if you look at me where I am now to where that you know what that requires, it's a long, 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 long road, and you could say unrealistic. But I think the more steps you take um, and the, the closer, the, the higher you level up, per se, the more things become realistic. And I mean that from the point of like I was um, thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger because he started as a bodybuilder. He went, then he became uh, an actor, a very successful actor. And then he took that into politics. I think like when you start reaching bigger stages, other stages start appearing more realistic to you and more reachable. Yeah, I think it's like success begets success, right? Or, or whatever the saying goes. And uh, well, like you, you just have to like if you have if you're like a I don't know millionaire actor. I think by that point you kind of have enough life experience and enough audacity to say the least to be like you know what if I did this I could probably do that. Yeah, and I, I think it's just a matter of resources. Like the, the further along you are, generally the more money you have, the more experience you have, and the more doors are open to. Yeah. And like the the further you get, the more that happens. Yeah. So, um, so, so that was that follow those that are a step ahead of you rather than just focusing solely on those that are kind of, um, already on the moon. Um, so, so how about your next rule? Do you have anything good? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. This is the basic stuff. Um, in regards to getting work done, I'm going to combine two rules in one here just so, you know, like get more out of the way. The first rule is like done is better than perfect. So put work out. Um, unless it's client work, unless it's, work for someone else if it's like your own side hustle and you can get away with doing imperfect work i think you should put it out there and publish it anyway yeah and the kind of second part to it is you can always come back and return to work in fact i i do that quite often you know i'll publish articles and i'll come back to them a week later maybe sometimes even years later you know to update it a little bit to improve upon it because i know like for example in the past i put out articles that weren't exactly following um the seo rules properly like i i didn't have the h2 headers at all yeah and so nowadays like i'm coming back to some key articles and i'm revising them but the the fact of the matter is even though i put them out like years back they still gained some traction years back so they still kind of worked so so that's my rule the done is better than perfect pull work out there and uh always come back to it if possible to review it and maybe you can you know find a new way a new use for it yeah I i think that's a great rule and especially in the in the business that we're in now now of course if you're trying to to be a plastic surgeon or something, then <laughs> you, you want to go for the perfect rather than for done is better than perfect. Yeah. But um, but when think... it comes to when it comes to most online side hustles, then by, by far um, th- this is one of the most important rules to follow. I, I think it also applies to anyone in um in a creative area because in the case of art and like music and whatever, and even going down to like vlogs and YouTube videos, you know you can. You can stay forever on it and try to look for ways to perfect it and make it just right. And uh, I don't think that's the best approach. So I think this kind of impacts anyone in the creative field. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think it's especially when you're doing like SEO sort of stuff, like like we are doing with our blogs where you want to get traffic from Google. I feel like a lot, one of the main factors is just putting the article out there and letting it sit there, right? Until Google notices it, notices it and until it has a chance to rank. And like if you keep the article on your hard drive for for two months before because you're trying to get every comma and period and like capital letter right yeah then you've lost two months of time that the article could have ranked for and could have even made you some money from ads or from affiliate or whatever just for the name of being perfect but but honestly nobody cares about whether or not you're perfect they they usually just care about whether they can get the information or the entertainment or whatever value that it that it is that they're that they're seeking to get yeah agreed so that's uh that's one rule i kind of follow i just put it out there yeah and 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 um yeah and i i think that um most of the times if you're trying to put perfect work out there you're really doing it for yourself and not for the for the reader or for the customer yeah so um if that's what you want then then fine but if, if you're trying to be perfect for 
for the customer, then um, you should also know that even for the reader, getting something that is good enough quicker is oftentimes better than having to wait two months to get to get something perfect. Yeah, agreed. What about you? All right, what do we have next? Um, I guess um, I'll go with something that ties back into the previous follow those that are a step ahead of you, and that is um, have realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. I think like, you know, we're talking and I, I had a really good um, day of earnings um, yesterday, mm-hmm. which was Black Friday in the US, I guess. And it, it was really great. But at the same time, um, if I just start thinking that, all right, I earned this much yesterday and for the next 30 days, I'll earn um, that amount times 30. Mm-hmm. then they're just naive, right? Because it was Black Friday, it's before Christmas and so on. And it's like, unless you have those realistic expectations where you're like, all right, so in December I made however many thousand dollars, um, but then in January that's going to drop to probably half because of it's after Christmas. There's a variety of different factors, right? Yeah. Un- unless you kind of have those expectations set straight, then you either overspend or you, you become really disappointed in January when your revenue drops to half. Yeah. Versus if you're just like telling yourself like, okay, this is really nice. The numbers are really great. But at the same time, when January comes rolling around, this number will fall in half. And that's fine. That's normal because that's what happens. Like you, you just got to be grounded in reality. Like mm-hmm. you, you can you can always try to aim high, but at the same time, you can disregard the reality, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, if you have a really good payday, it's best not to go and blow it all. <laughs> Like like we had that episode on, you know, what to do with your side hustle money. Uh, I think, yeah, someone a little bit less experienced would be like, oh, wow, I made X amount in one day. Let me go treat myself to some stuff or let me, you know, bump up my expenses because I can afford it now. Yeah. But like if that's a one shot expense, I mean, if that, that's a one shot payday and it might not come around again, then you're probably going to put yourself into a hole of like money that you owe or taxes that you owe. Yeah. So better to I think it's better to leave it as like a unicorn kind of thing and just save some of it and just yeah treat it as a one-time fluke and don't rely on it. Yeah, I think when you think about it like um there there's some stats about like how many of professional football players or professional sports players go broke after how many years from their retirement, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's that's kind of the situation with with exactly this rule. It's like you you're 25 or you're 30 and you're making $10 million a year or however many your average um, NFL player makes. And somehow in that moment, in, in the heat of the moment, you think that's going to be the situation for the next 40 years. Yeah. But chances are your career is going to be like, what, 10 years, 15 years, if, if even that long. And like, unless you have this, this expectation that your career is over in 10 years, so you got to start investing some of your money rather than blowing it on cars and, and champagne or whatever. Yeah. Then, like once the the tenth year come around comes around and it's time for you to retire, you will be in a very bad position. Yeah, b- because of your unrealistic expectations back when you started your career, right? And and I feel like that's the same with whether it's side hustle or or with with money you earn from your job or with with anything, pretty much. I think that's a very good rule. You know, it's like summed up. It's like be careful and don't you know don't celebrate just yet. Yeah, exactly. Don't celebrate just yet and don't be arrogant just because you're making. $5 million today doesn't mean you'll be making that same amount for the rest of your life or even for the next two years, three years, four years. Agreed. All right. So how about your next rule? Well, my next rule, I guess it's kind of um, related to yours in some way, but not on the payment front because yours was angled from the money coming in, right? Yeah, I guess kind of, but applies to any um, expectations in general. My, my rule is don't rely on unicorns or once in a blue moon success, but it's from the perspective of, you know, coming up with the next greatest hit piece of work is what I mean. So what I, you know, like, for example, let's say I'm looking for a new idea to blog about, right? And it's easy to think back. And like, I I think both of us, if we think back, we have like a few posts or a few things that we did that worked really, really, really well. We can no longer replicate them. So once, once in a while, you just can't help but think like, if only I could do that again. So but the point is like those things that it's they're hard to predict when you put them out there yeah and if, don't let that so in my case it's like my rule is don't rely on these unicorns don't um get bogged down thinking how you can replicate one just continue putting out work and don't like kind of like instead of wasting time thinking how can i replicate this if you can replicate it again then you should it's usually it's easy to tell if you can replicate it again but don't let that get into um trying to delay your work just because you're trying to come up with the next thing that may or may not work yeah i I feel like that's kind of the let's call it the las vegas syndrome where it's like you you go play roulette and you bet like 
whatever thousand dollars on red and and red happens to, to actually be the color that the roulette hits and you double your money so you feel like oh i should do it again i should do it again i should do it again and then from being systematic about building your business you just essentially become a gambler yeah so yeah that's the point don't don't gamble on ideas just like do what works and works enough but uh if you have these um once in a while successes and if it's not hard to you know if you're sitting around trying to waste time and wasting time on how to replicate them, I think you're better off with continuing to put out the other things that work instead of trying to find that kind of unicorn. Yeah. And here's a small rule that I think you, you pointed out here, and which I think is really interesting. Um, don't think everything is replicable. And I think that's what a lot of people have trouble with. Mm. It's like just because you close one huge deal or whatever doesn't mean that can happen again and again and again, right? Yeah. Usually people say like, oh, I'm selling X product. If I could just find a thousand customers, then I'll easily sell or easily earn a million, for example. Yeah, exactly. But something, some of these things are not up to you. You know, like you might not get all the thousand customers, yeah. let alone 500. Exactly. 100. And I guess to, to generalize the rule even more, it's like one is a, one is a small sample. So one, one is not a sample. Yeah. All right. What's uh, next for you? All right, let's get um, down to business. Let, let's do what's number six on this list, and that's um, stay on top of the numbers. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of more stringent in this, I guess, than you are mm-hmm. in terms of like keeping track of um, the number of visitors, the, reven- the revenues, expenses, profits, and, and stuff like that. And um, par- partly it's bad, partly it's good, I guess. Like sometimes I can just obsessively check the stats, which is definitely not good and something I, I got to get better at managing. But at the same time, I feel like unless you're tracking your expenses and revenues and um, the num- the traffic and stuff like that on, I'd say at least the monthly basis, e- mm. even weekly basis, depending on where you are in your journey, I feel like you're missing out on a lot of, um, one, really good information, but two, also, um, I-, I just find it motivating, like especially when it's growing, of course, but... Um, <laughs> like <laughs> knowing that I made knowing that I made X last month and then that I made X times whatever percentage this this month and, and so on mm-hmm. it's it, it's motivating or it or it's a warning sign right like if your revenue drops 50 percent next month then then you got to try to figure out why it is and, and sometimes it might just be like like we're just talking it might be that this month is december and next month is january and like your revenue will fall by 20 percent 30 percent 40 percent depending on on your business and that's normal because people buy a lot during christmas time advertisers spend a lot of money during christmas time right yeah. So so you can expect your revenue to fall. But for example, if your revenue was X in October and then in November, December it's half of that, then then you have some sort of problem and, and you gotta be able to identify that problem and you gotta be able to, to work towards solving that problem. Hmm. So so I just feel like um yeah, like keeping track of your numbers is really important for, for doing your taxes, of course. But but even outside of that, and we talked about it for, for an entire episode, I believe. Um it ju- it just knowing a certain it is like knowing your business's heartbeat and temperature and and all those vitals just helps you make better decisions and helps you adjust helps you helps you um, make fixes and keeps you motivated sometimes. Yeah, well, I agree. Um, but my rule is, yeah, my rule isn't as strict as yours. I have review numbers, but uh, maybe once a month, once a year, once a week. Like I, I guess maybe for my own sanity and because my side hustle is exactly a side like a side hustle. It's not exactly a full time focus. So I don't um, put as much attention, but I will like check in on traffic once a week and earnings. Um, I do have like a monthly spreadsheet going so I can prepare, you know, when I have to do taxes yeah. and whatnot. But yeah, I don't, I don't track it as often as you do, but I do track it like on a weekly basis, mostly for my sanity. So, you know, if traffic dips, I know like <laughs> I've seen that before and I won't, you know, go into emergency mode wondering what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And I think the longer you do this, the more you kind of learn what the... I guess what the trends are, like I, I, for example, on one of my sites, I know that the traffic is always the highest on the Sunday. Hmm. Um, so, so if the traffic is eggs on Sunday and then it's like thirty percent less on Monday, then it's like no big deal. But then if the, if the traffic is whatever on on um, Monday and then it's half of that on Sunday, then you know something's wrong. Yeah, I know that my traffic is lowest on the weekends and spikes up Monday to Wednesday. <laughs> so, but yeah, you kind of get that from like just going through stats for a while and just seeing patterns. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what's next for you? My next one is, uh, I guess this is a simple one, promote. Um, meaning 
you know, both of us create content, mostly for SEO, mostly for search engines. And uh, I, but I also like take a step out and make sure I promote uh, the articles on various channels that I have, like Pinterest or Facebook, just to give it a better chance of traction. I think also Pinterest has happens to be my second or my first at this point, best uh, social referrer because of all yeah. the pictures I put on there. So I, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, some, if, I've seen the case where an article or a landing page that you write up might not rank well on uh, a search engine, but it can do really well in terms of referrals. And you can only know that by promoting it. Yeah. Like if you see like, oh, for some reason I have like um, a certain amount of sales coming in from this page. And this, even though this page is not exactly ranking, maybe I should take some sort of notice of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think um, you're, you're definitely much better at promoting than me. I, I barely do any promotion for for um, any of my stuff. I, I guess I rely on SEO too much, but um, I, I guess that's sort of promotion too, in a way. Yeah, like just right. just choosing the right keywords and. But it's just one angle, one channel. Yeah, it's it's one angle of passive. It, it's not true promotion. Yeah, so um, let's go with the next one I have here, which is um, don't be cheap when it comes to quote unquote useful expenses. And um, just to give it, just to give one anecdote here, um, I'm sure you know both of these tools, but um, I generally used Uber Suggest for keyword research up until very recently, and um, I think it's a really good tool and it costs like 39 or 29 actually, 29 bucks a month, and it's it's got some decent data and it, I think for pretty much everybody starting their site, it's more than good enough. But then um, I bought a subscription to Ahrefs, which which costs about 100 bucks a month, yeah. uh, a couple months back, and it provides better data and more data and I kind of like the user interface more and stuff like that and I used it for a few weeks and then I canceled the subscription because I was like oh I'm not using it I'm not using it enough to justify the hundred dollars a month and then I went to do keyword research again and I, I just I just couldn't do it with Uber suggests or I just felt like it was missing something mm-hmm. so I just had to go back and, and resubscribe and, and now I'm subscribed to it and paying the hundred bucks a month but anyways I, I guess the point here is that like if you can, if you know that some of the articles will make you hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars, over the next few years, mm-hmm. and like this tool helps you find the the right topics for the articles, then just don't be cheap and just go for the tools that actually make your job easier and that make it that make it better. Yeah, because you you might save um, sixty bucks by choosing the cheaper tool, but long term it will cost you way more than that in, in kind of the lost productivity or the lost potential or lost opportunities so um yeah don't be cheap when it comes to business expenses and i guess the same applies to laptops i just got a new laptop ladies and gentlemen keishi got his newest laptop yeah and and again it's like i could have bought one for whatever 500 bucks could have bought one for for less but it's like it it, it's the main tool i use for my job essentially right so there there's no reason to be cheap about this yeah this the quote or the proverb is penny wise pound foolish when you're trying to save money on something but you're miss you're missing the forest for the trees, and you just you go for the cheapest option, which is gonna give you more trouble down the road. Exactly. So I, I agree with that. I, I but I can also see like from a normal person's perspective, like the kind of um resist resistance they would have towards paying ninety dollars a month for like something like that. But I think you maybe this is where like the business owner mentality comes into play because if you're you know taking the grand scheme of things, if you're looking at your profits and your costs then at least you can easily see how I can easily recoup this money back based on how the current business is running. Whereas yeah, exactly. a normal person would be like, Jesus Christ, 90 bucks is a lot. I could buy, you know, a few meals with that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I guess there's two ways you can justify it and two ways that I kind of justify it for myself, which is one, it just, yeah, if, if it can help me find just one extra article I wouldn't have found otherwise, it's mm. already worth it. That's that's the simplest way and that's, that's really the, the the main part of it. But it's also like, What's the alternative? And the alternative is me struggling with some other tools or me hiring somebody to get me the, da- the same data as Ahrefs would, which is pretty much impossible. But even if it was possible, it would cost way more than $99 a month, right? Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's the same with every tool that you buy. It's like, think about how much time it saves you and how much money it saves you if you had to hire somebody to do the task for you. Yeah. And a lot of the times you just realize that not, not being willing to pay 100 bucks a month for for this tool was just you being ridiculous essentially yeah because if you make that money back then it's like what's the problem and i I found myself a lot in that situation it's like for accounting software is i think another example is like 
oh no, you got to pay whatever, 30 bucks a month for accounting software and you got to pay, again, and you got to pay 20 bucks per month for Photoshop and you got to pay for this, for that. But like, if you think about how much time it saves you and how much money it makes you, mm. a lot of the times it's a pretty clear cut decision. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, but, but, but then again, by no means it, it's to say that you should just go out there and buy all the different subscriptions. You just got to be, just got to think about it and, and choose the right stuff. But, but never be too cheap and never opt for the cheaper option just because it's cheaper. Yeah, agreed. That's, that also I had that on my list of rules, but I'm going to cross it out now. So I guess on to my next rule. If um, Again, I, I think this works in, in all cases of business and all ventures. And the rule is if X works in one place, X may work in another place. Meaning, and X could be anything. In my case, you know, if a certain type of article of formatting or angle um, ended up bringing a lot of buyers or referrals, then if I tried for another language, then it should work. Or if I tried for another product, then it, it may work again. So it's worth replicating. It's kind of a, I guess it's a rule. You know, like if it works on one website, it might work on another website. Also, that's why competitors always, um, you watch you and that's why you should watch your competitors. Because yeah. a lot of time, something that works for them may also work for you. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's, yeah, it, it just don't, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Like I think people feel like every piece of content has to be original or like they have to come up with, if they want 100 articles, they have to have 100 concepts. Mm. But to me, the most profitable so far has been where I found one keyword that worked really well. And then I just did the exact same thing for like 50 other things. Yeah. Because that's really how you can scale. Like if you, if you realize that, for example, whatever, how to, how to cut your dog's hair is a really, is a type of article that works really well for a site. Yeah. And you have a site about pets, then you might as well do it for cat, for for rabbit, I, I don't know what other animals that need their hair cut up. People sheep. grow sheep, yeah. But, but but again, don't try to be like creativity is good. But if you take it too far, then I feel like it's hindering productivity and hindering getting things done. Well, that's why that, I, that you actually phrased it quite well. That's what I meant for don't rely on unicorns. It it will hinder productivity if you're just trying to think of the next best thing. Whereas it's much easier to just keep pumping out things that work well enough. Yeah, exactly. Not not everything has to be original. Yeah, or like a one, sh- you know, like a home run because those are rare. Yeah, you you can either be like the home run guy that hits almost nothing every game, but then hits a lot of home runs over the season, or you can be the guy that hits a lot of singles. Something really famous like Ichiro. Yeah, I don't follow too much baseball, but I'll take that analogy. Me neither. Just yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about what's your next rule? All right. Um, let's do this one. Doing beats consuming. And I, th- I think this is something that we just keep on repeating here, probably like three times every single episode. And I think listeners are getting sick of it. But uh, well, I think that's that's basically the the rule of all the rules. It's like you can consume as much information as you want. You can consume as much content as you want. You can learn all you want. Unless you go out there and do it, you won't be able to reap the benefits or the results of that thing. I think it, it's worth repeating. And anyone that has stuck with us long enough and listened to all the episodes and... Um, heard this again and again i think it's worth it's one of the things worth being uh, brainwashed by there're not many things worth being brainwashed by but in in the realm of uh, side hustles and getting things done getting work out there i think yeah productivity is is uh what you want to go for yeah do, do it if you feel like you don't know enough and you spend like tens of hours studying something just go out and try to do it and again we're talking about like online side hustles we're not talking about brain or about trying to win a case in court or submit somebody else's uh, what do you call it tax statement, um, mm. file somebody's stack taxes. We're talking about simple side hustles, like whether it's YouTube or or, um, or yeah. blog or podcast or something. I think the, the better example is uh, if you are watching YouTube videos of people talking about success stories, and even, you know, I'm going to shoot ourselves, I'm going to shoot our foot here. <laughs> even if you're listening to this podcast and you're delaying something, you should probably turn the podcast off and go do it because uh, listening to this won't push you over the edge all right you're, you're we'll have to have a talk after we finish recording this podcast <laughs> why for, for your bad advice to the listeners of course yeah. they should listen to oh of course yeah <laughs> oh yeah listen to the end but then go do stuff <laughs> exactly but no j- jokes aside yeah i think if, if shutting off this podcast gives you an extra hour a week to to do something that yeah. you otherwise wouldn't have then stop listening doesn't start doing because that's really all we want you to do yeah. All right. My next rule is keep a balance of do what's fun and do what's not fun. In the case of um, my blog, for example, there are things that I want to write about occasionally that you know I'll, I'll file into the fun category. Yeah. 
And then there are things that are not fun to do, like write up product reviews, simply because it's a lot of work and just takes time. But I think it's important to keep a balance because uh, at least in my case, it kind of builds up my uh, patience and determination and ability to persist. And at the same time, the do what's fun part kind of like gives me, kind of keeps me flexible so that I at least I can enjoy my work and on occasion. But if I, you know, if, if I feel like if I do things that are 100% fun, then I probably won't treat it like work anymore. And maybe, you know, maybe I'll start doing things that don't make money, but I'll still, but I'll say like, at least I'm having fun. But if profit is like um, a motivator, then um, fun kind of has to come second or third. Yeah, I think you really just got to know what you want out of whatever it is that you're doing. Like, like, it's really rare that you can make money just by doing what you enjoy, right? Yeah. There's always going to be some part that you don't enjoy. And the balance is something that you can kind of control. Like if you're a travel blogger and you, you don't like dealing with WordPress, but you love traveling and taking photos and writing, then just outsource the rest and, and you can kind of control it. But there's always going to be some portion that you, that you don't enjoy doing. Yeah. And, and that's fine because if you enjoy doing everything, then, then that wouldn't be super fun either. Like, yeah. Well, my rule, my, my rule is only for me because uh, I want to be able to, I guess it's just king, maintaining a practice of knowing how to sit down and put work out regardless of how I feel. And I think that's kind of important for everything in life, just to be able to sit down and focus and get things done regardless of like, you know, if it's fun or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, f I feel like one of those things that really helps with, with doing this, at least in my case, is like having some sort of commitment. For example, I really hate searching for the right pictures for, for my blog articles. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, I, I can never pick the right one. <laughs> yeah. But like, if I know that my assistant is waiting for the pictures so that he can turn them into like this quote unquote branded pictures and then then he can upload them into the posts, then that kind of gives me pressure to actually deal with the stuff because otherwise I would probably not do it. Yeah, that's but, a good uh, one. So you said commitments to yeah. other people. Yeah, and, and I think the flip side of that is um, just find other people that either enjoy the work more hmm. that you don't enjoy or that are willing to do the work for money regardless hmm. and outsource it. Yeah. Well, yeah. But uh, this rule is just for me, just so I can sit down and do things. I guess it's kind of like some sort of stoic practice or something. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> or, what's that word? Masochism or sadism? One of those. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just I feel like it's necessary because, you know, for example, let's say also you're reading a book and the book ends, starts feeling like work. There's, yeah, one, there's one argument saying you should leave the book alone and just walk away. There's another view that maybe you should read right through it. I don't know. Like I like sticking with things, and I want to make yeah. sure I can stick with things. Because so like going again, going back to the gym, like um, most people will agree that that's not fun. That lifting heavy weights is not fun, especially also stretching. I can tell you for a fact that stretching is not fun. But you have to like sit there and I get the Japanese word is gaman. It's a gaman yeah. through that thing. Bears yeah, look, it's, it, it, it's like it's like hiking up a mountain. It's like you can't have the excitement of having reached the the top of the mountain without doing the really sometimes tiring and boring, actually taking every step and getting, getting higher and higher 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters. Yeah. So I think that's, it's inevitable part of life. You always have these things, but you have to kind of learn how to deal with them and the people that can't deal with them. I feel like they are at a disadvantage. Yeah, I think so. Cause sometimes you just got to suck it up and, and just do it. Yeah. Like, uh, I think a few weeks back, like I realized that some articles on my site were actually not some, a lot did not have proper affiliate links. And so that I took like maybe four or five hours over a stretch of three days to finish them all. So that wasn't fun work, but it had to be done. But at the same time, now I could see the numbers. I could see like how much each one is earning and actually get credit for it. Yeah. So, so where would you, that's interesting because I, I think what you've done is good, but at the same time, I would have been thinking of. Is this something I can easily just write up and outsource to somebody? No, yeah. Like, where, where do you think is the is the boundary? Uh, I, the boundary is hmm, on how much scale you want. I think. I think in a case of like a side hustler that's like isn't going to grow their side hustle into like a full full time business, I think it's fine. If you are, you know, if you're trying to trying to have systems and take care of everything, then I think that's when it starts making more sense. I guess here's my um, last rule, at least the last one that I could think of, because as, as I mentioned before, um, I'm sure there's a lot of rules that I follow without actually knowing about them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of hard to just think through and list all of them out. And I'm sure I'll think of like 10 other rules as soon as we hang up this call. But yeah. um, the, the last one for now is um, always think how you can improve the system. So um, 
I guess to explain what I mean by this, um, I think what, what are the scale of your side hustle? I think at some point, if it starts growing and starts making some money, you should try to think of it more as a system than as, as kind of work that you're doing and that you're kind of contributing to. Mm-hmm. And as a system, there's, of course, processes. So how, how, do you, how do you actually produce an article? Like, how do you find a keyword? How do you do, do the writing? How do you get the writing into WordPress or whatever content management system you're using? Um, and stuff like that. And, and, and I think always, you, you should always try to think about how to um, make it more efficient, how to systemize whatever it is that you're doing more. Like if you find yourself doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's like, just try to think, is there some sort of software that you can use to, to systemize it? Or is, is it something that you can easily just write out as, an, as a standard operating procedure sort of type of document and, and outsource it to somebody on your team or to hire somebody? And, and I think ultimately that's what allows you to scale, right? Because like, as we talked many times here, it's like, um, you can do it all by yourself. And I mean, both you and I um, outsource a decent part of the work on our blogs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's part of the system, right? And just just always think how you can take that a step further. Because at, at least to me, and I know there's different people, again, and I know that different people have different views on this. And um, I, I guess you have a more of a casual view and I have more of a, this is sort of a game thing where you just want to get to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like to get to the next level, it's essentially always a question of, can you improve your system and how can you improve your system? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's my last rule for growing side hustles. I agree. Like well, I have something similar, uh, delegate essentially, yeah, where you just hire someone to do the work for you and you yeah. remo- remove yourself out of the process or some of yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because because you only have so many hours in your day, right? And yeah. and I even argue, especially if, if you're doing it alongside a full time, um, eight or ten hours a day full time job, that makes it even more so important because you have much much fewer hours to to actually work on your side hustle. So the only way to grow it is actually to improve the system, right? And to make it more efficient and to to delegate more to to have other people do the stuff that takes the longest time. In in your case, that might be um writing the articles because that's that's a really time-consuming task mm-hmm. or if somebody wants to start a youtube channel that might be um editing the videos yeah, yeah exactly and we should do that with the with this podcast by the way sometimes yeah. <laughs> if you're listening and you want to edit audio let us know yeah so th- so that was my last one um how about you i know you have two more i think on your list so uh, yeah let's start with the first one oh this one is recycle work where possible and i guess it kind of goes back to what you said earlier you know you don't have to always strive, strive for originality and uniqueness. If there's opportunity to recycle what you've done in the past to make it work in another area, you should definitely do it because it saves you time and effort. Yeah. So, I mean, in the case of my, like in the case of blogs, it's just a matter of like, if I wrote about something before, I, the easiest thing I could do is I can take a snippet of it and use it in another piece of writing. Like, it, and I don't think Google will count that as like duplicate content. Yeah. I'm just like taking a paragraph or two out. Um, yeah, so that's, and I think it kind of works in other areas. For example, in email marketing, if one email worked well in the past, then you should definitely reuse that email again. And in that sense, you can recycle it without much uh, repercussions. Yeah, I, I love that. I think, um, it, yeah, it goes back to the fact that not everything has to be original. And like, if you're smart, you're going to reuse your work, right? That, that's what templates are for. That's what um, procedures are for. It's just repeating the same thing over and over again with slight modifications rather than having to reinvent the wheel from, from the very beginning. So yeah. it, it can make your work efficient. It can also help you capitalize on something that works because if, if something works, then it's chances are that something very similar is going to work too. Yeah. So why would you want to try to do something completely different just so that it's new rather than to try to do just this small modification of what you're doing to see if, if that will also catch on and, and be successful. Yeah. And it's something that it could be done easily without much, without much effort. Yeah. And that th- the last one I have is um I guess this this kind of rule is like when I have to sit down and analyze things or when I want to come up with ideas. And I it's like I ask myself questions. I, I just I go on a question spree and I also write out my thoughts. And the reason I, I I do this stuff, the reason why I especially ask questions out loud is that I guess when you ask questions, you are I guess in a much better position to learn something or understand something because you're trying to understand it for yourself and if you're if you're the one asking questions and and you're the one digging out the answer, it, it I think you have a you develop a better understanding rather than just reading answers in a book or yeah. a blog. And I think that's always been helpful. For example, I could ask myself, all right, so why is my traffic down year on year? 
All right, what is it? You know, then the next question is, all right, so what are my main traffic sources? All right, so my main tra traffic source are X, Y, and Z. Then what is the difference for X, Y, and Z year on year? You know, so like asking questions, I think, has always been like a great way for me to learn and understand things rather than just either reading the answer up front or I don't know, or just looking at data. For some reason, asking questions always seem to let me wrap my mind around it better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think asking questions is good. T typing out things, typing out your thoughts is, is always yeah. good. Yeah, writing out my thoughts, like I, I do this like when I want to come up with some new content or or if I'm just looking for a next step. Uh, and the reason I do this is because when you write stuff out, it's you can kind of see it from a third person perspective. And then you can quickly see, all right, that was probably not the best idea. Like you can write stuff down and come back three days later and reread it. Like, all right, yeah, that was not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, so it allows you to like have a third person perspective on things and allows you to get your thoughts out in the open and see if they make sense or not. And I think it also adds to like clarity. Yeah, exactly. One thing I started doing last year and that, that I'm continuing this year is essentially doing like an like a public company would do an annual report, right? Like this is how much we made last year. This is how much we made this year. These are the things that happened in our business and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And essentially I did that, the exact same thing with, with just my own personal, I guess, business, you could call it. Like the consulting stuff that I do, the blogging stuff that I do. And I, and I just write out my thoughts. Like, this happened this year. This was good. This was bad. And like next year I plan to do this and I plan to do that. Yeah. And like this is a strategy for next year. And like when you write it out, it all sounds pretty like self-explanatory and like, yeah, why would I have to write this out? Yeah. But then again, having something on paper or on, on screen in this case, it, it just really helps guide you and it really helps. Yeah. Yeah. It's much easier to follow through on it, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, the hair. Yeah. It, it, la again. Yeah. Like last year I made it in Word, this year I made it in PowerPoint, but like I have one slide here that just like goes for my um, content publishing business. Mm-hmm. And again, they're all pretty easy things. And it's like, I wouldn't have to write them down to, to know them, but but having them spelled out here really helps. It's like goal one, offload more work to VA and editor. Goal two, hire a new writer and gradually increase content investment. Goal three, get another site into Mediavine, which like the, the premium ad network. Mm -hmm. And goal four, launch a new site. And then, then I have like a description of each and the required action. Mm -hmm. And and just, just having it in front of me and having kind of going through the thinking process and kind of setting these priorities and like obviously the order that it's written here in is kind of the order in which there is the order of importance in a way or, or the mm -hmm. order of priority and, and just trying to lay these things out and, and things think through them I, I think it really helps I, I think this is definitely one of those things that someone might sneer and say like haha but I really noticed inside my head what I why do I have to write it out they're really missing out on a lot of benefits yeah it's funny I, I was doing this PowerPoint probably on sa Saturday or something a couple of weeks back and my girlfriend's are, are you working on some client PowerPoint? No, that's just my annual report. <laughs> just like, oh, so I, I put a lot of time and effort into have these. But um, yeah, I, I think it's great to have something that, that helps you guide your in your action. Yeah, agreed. So if anyone's out there thinking, but I already know this all in my head, it's all in, or it's all on my phone. It's like, no, I don't, you, you will never gain a great, a greater understanding until it's spelled out right in front of you and you can step away out of it. It's not in your head. Like if it's, out on your notebook, I think, or somewhere externally, I think you, if you can separate yourself from your ideas, you can uh, address your ideas much more fairly and see like, yeah, that makes sense. No, that doesn't make sense. But it's one of these things that you just don't get if you never do. Yeah, exactly. All right. And uh, I think, yeah, I'm all out of rules, actually. I'm sure I could think of more, but... Yeah, same here. I think, um, yeah, I, th I think what we covered is pretty solid. And I think there are some good ones in there that um, and, and that hopefully... Everybody listening to this will find at least a couple that are worth implementing or um, or adapting to their own needs. Yeah. And uh, if you like any of these rules, definitely leave us a comment or rate us on iTunes and leave us a comment there, you know, and tell us which ones you like or which ones you already use. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts for the day, Keishi? I, I guess um, this kind of go, goes back to, to the last rule that you said, but even these rules that we listed out today, Mm -hmm. I think until we actually went through the exercise of writing these down today, we always kind of followed them, but never really thought about them too deep. But having spelled them out now, it it gives us a chance to think about them and think how we can improve some of these rules, what rules we don't need to follow, which rules we should add, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, so I think this is a really good example of 
of the last rule that you mentioned, which I think is really important. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I didn't expect that, you know, to be a life-changing rule. So I always thought that writing stuff out was um, a good way to print, you know, analyze things from the third perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, episode 27. If you do want to start your own side hustle, be sure to visit the show notes at sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E27. Check out Bluehost, uh, where you can buy your own domain, your own .com, put out your project into the world, and finally have a side hustle that you can go and apply all these rules to. So visit sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E27. And also check out all the resources that we may have or may have not mentioned. Or maybe the, the list of rules. If you'd like the list of rules, check out the show notes. We will include them in there. So thank you again for listening to this Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, episode 27 with Keishi and Yuri. Thanks. Talk to you next week. See you next week. Blooper time. Although there weren't many bloopers this time. Are you thinking about how to connect this? Oh, no. I was, I was, just, I was just expecting you to oh. just uh, move it on to drinks. Okay. So again, thank you for listening to this Side Hustles and Stuff po- Again. <laughs>